Well, good morning, well and daughters of the King. I am so glad to have this opportunity to share with you this morning, to give you what the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord has given to me and to glean from you all. Um, This is a day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it because any day that God has made, victory is already in that day. So we thank God. We trust him. And uh, thank God for this weekend being Resurrection Weekend. And we know every day is resurrection with us, but it's so good uh, that this particular season, you know, there is a focus on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So we appreciate God. We appreciate the sacrifice of Jesus. And this morning we just want to look in the Word, and uh, we want to look at the, the life of Abraham. If we can go to Genesis 12, and I'll be referencing several scriptures uh, as we just journey through the life of Abraham. We just see what God has for us this morning. Uh, we look at Abraham, we look at Genesis 12. The Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. So as we look at Abraham, and we know Abraham is known as the father of faith, and God assigned to him, first of all, to move from his family. And we can take that a whole lot of different directions regarding moving from your family, moving from the familiar, moving out of your comfort zone. And then God said to a land that I will show you. He didn't give him the specific land at that time, but he told him to go ahead and move. And so Abraham did that. And then he promised him, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you should be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And we know that's ultimately through the seed of Christ that all families in the earth is blessed. And so God told him to depart. And so what did he do? Just as God spoke to him, he departed. He took Lot with him, which we can debate whether that was right or wrong. But he took Lot with him, but he did depart from that particular land. And so as he went, as he continued to journey on, to the land that God would give him. The seventh verse says, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, he gave him another uh, promise, To your descendants I would give this land. And there Abraham built an altar to the Lord because the Lord had appeared to him. And any time we encounter God, we want to just mark that place that we encounter God in whatever way we encountered him. Sometimes it's his grace. It's his love. It's a different character of God that he displays and expresses to us. But you always want to mark that when you encounter God in a specific way. That's part of your journey. That's part of your testimony. It really is your experience with God. And really this whole life of faith is about an experience with God. Yes, we're quoting the word. We're saying our confessions. We're saying what God said. But if we never see those results, show up in our life, then we have to look back and wonder, what is the missing link? We know it's not God. 
If we're expressing and we're declaring God's word and we're not seeing that fruit in our life, then what is the reason that we're not experiencing God in the level that we should? We have to look at that. So if we see God, God is intentional, and he has specific assignments for each of us. Like Abraham, Abraham served a God that wasn't God, right? But God chose him and chose him that in him all the families would be blessed. And that's how it is for each of us. We don't get to choose the assignment. God gives us the assignment that he has chosen for us. And our job is to discover what God has called us to. And so as we look at the life of Abraham, Abraham, he just continued to obey God. As God instructed him, he said, now this is where you're to plant. So Abraham stopped there. He began to build there. It was progressive obedience as he began to experience the heart of God. And that's it for all of us. It's It's a progressive obedience. He's not going to give you assignment just right off the bat that would just totally disrupt you and take you off your foundation. But as we continue to walk in God, I believe the levels of obedience that God requires becomes greater and greater. Amen? So God told him to get out of the country, leave his father's house. And so Abraham did that. And then in Genesis 13 and 14, and the Lord said to him, this is after Lot has separated but sometimes we have to have like an Isaiah 6 moment. We have to have that, like Isaiah, the scripture says, after King Uzziah died, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord. Sometimes things have to be cut off and severed from us before us to go on with God. And it's not our choosing. It's the path that God is choosing. Sometimes things are for a season. Sometimes the people are to continue on the journey with you. Sometimes it's just for that moment. But as God separates, then we just follow the leading of God. Why? Because we know the character of God. We might not understand what's happening, but we trust the character of God. Amen? And so this is what Abraham did. So it said after Lot had separated from him in Genesis 13 and 14, God told him, now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are. Right? He doesn't mean for us to stay where we are, whatever station it is. He doesn't mean for us to get comfortable and stay there. And you might say, now I finally got up and, you know, I'm fasting X amount of time and I'm praying X amount of hours a day or whatever. Well, God, even that is good, but he's not going to allow you to stay there. He's not going to allow you to stay in your comfort zone. Why? He's not going to allow you to say anything that results from your efforts, right? And so we always have to, even in victory, we always have to be aware of victories in our life because sometimes when we finally get over something, when we finally get to a destination that we've been believing for, seeing and and God has told us that he's going to take us there. And when we finally get there, sometimes we, you know, we sigh. It's such a relief. It's such a comfort. That's good. But he, God being God, a God of multiplication, he's not going to allow you to stay even there. So sometimes we have to, sometimes in our struggle, of course we press in because we know the only help is God. But sometimes when we get over that mountain, 
it can be a trap if we don't continue to seek the heart of God, right? Because you can rest in your laws after your victory, and that is not uh, where you want to do what you want to do. So he told them to look where you are, look northward, look southward, look eastward, look westward. He said, don't be afraid in Genesis 15. He said, I'm your shield, your exceeding great reward. Or he's saying to him, or your reward shall be very great. And so he's journeying on with God. He's journeying on with God. And in, this is Genesis, we come to Genesis 15, and we all love the scripture, Genesis 15 and 6, but before that, it, when I look at those scriptures and Abraham said, you know, look, he said, I don't have a child. And, and he said, so, so my heir, he said, is going to be from the, the servant that's in my household. And God said, no. Your your that promise is going to come from your own body, right? And so sometimes we can get to a specific place and we can settle. God said, mm-mm, mm-mm, that's good, but that's not God. That's not my promise. That's not what I told you that I would give you. So don't settle. If it, if it doesn't look like God, then God's not finished. Keep going. Keep going. Amen. And so here we are. Genesis 15 and 6, this is after God had told him that you, he said, I'm sorry, 15 and 5, then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. That's the vastness of God, amen? Unlimited resource, unlimited source, the riches of God, the depth, the strength of God. He said, if you're able to number, and he know that he couldn't, he said, so shall your descendants be. And this is a man that he's old in age. He doesn't have any children, but look at the promises of God, right? God is the God of the make the impossible possible. That's who we're serving. We're not serving someone who who uh, is mediocre, but we look at him. There is no limit in him. Amen. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. He gave Abraham that promise, and despite all the odds, Abraham believed God. That's faith. And when he believed God, what righteousness was transferred to his account? What is righteousness? That's that right standing with God. That's God saying, you're right with me. You're in the right position with me. That's righteousness. That's something that's automatic once you place your faith in Christ. You can't work it. You can't earn it. You can't do enough to get it. It's automatic once you place your faith in Christ, the righteousness of Christ Jesus. So then um, Abraham goes on. And I love Genesis 18 and 19. And this is what God said about Abraham. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And sometimes we think, you know, we're just in Christ. And so we're in Christ, things are automatic. You know what? It's not automatic. It comes through obedience. God is not requiring us to be perfect. 
but he does require obedience. God does require obedience, and he requires obedience from his disciples. It's one thing to be a convert. Oh, I've given my life to the Lord, and I'm going on about my business. I'm, I've got eternal life, I, you know, whatever. But to be a disciple, to be a, a follower of Christ, that requires obedience. Amen. And it's always required obedience. But today in this season, it requires a strict obedience from those that would follow Christ. You don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't know what the next moment brings. But God does. Not only does he sees, but he cares, and he's already made the provision. And there's no way for you to walk into that provision unless you're closely following God. God requires obedience. And so he's saying about Abraham, he said, I know that he'll command his household. means I know that he'll model faith. I know that he'll instruct them in righteousness. And then as a result of that, all the things that I've spoken to him, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to curse those that curse you. I'm going to bless those that bless you. In you, all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. He said, in accordance, according for him to receive what I've spoken to him, this is something that I know he'll do. I know the heart of my servant. Amen. And that's what we want God to say about us, is that he knows that we will follow. So we're going on down, just journeying with Abraham. We're going on down to Genesis 22. And, and um, this is when God told Abraham, Genesis 22 and 2, take now your son, your only son Isaac. And this is after God had given him the promise, right? Abraham had Isaac when he was, what, 100 years old. And so God said, take your son. You know who I'm talking about. Not, not Ishmael, and man, not the son of the flesh, but the son of the promise that I told you that I would give you. That son I want you to take and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Again, God is intentional. He doesn't leave anything up to our imagination. He said, take your son, number one, he's giving you the sacrifice that he wants you to make. And then he said, of the mountain in which I'll tell you. So what? He's not going to give you instruction two until you've done instruction one. So as you're going out, as you're moving out, as the heart of God says to you, then he'll give you the other part of that. And he'll lead you almost like breadcrumbs, one step then another step. The scripture tells us the steps of a good man, they are ordered by the Lord. They are commanded by the Lord. They're intentional by the Lord. And it comes from the instruction of the Lord. The steps, not the step, but the steps of a good man, they're ordered by the Lord. He said, go to the mountain in which I'll tell you. So what did Abraham do? He rose the next morning. He got on his donkey. He got the two men that traveled with him, and he began to journey as God told him, and he took Isaac, his son. And then as he continued on, on the third day, he lifted up his eyes, and he saw the place afar off. He kept going, I mean, until God gave him the instruction. This is it right here. So he said to the young man, I mean, he gave them a word of knowledge. Stay here with the donkey, or a word of prophecy. The lad and I will go yonder and we'll worship. Come on. 
He said, anything that God is instructing me to do, it's going to glorify his name. Hallelujah. It's going to bring him glory. It's going to bring him worship. Amen. So if this is something God is telling me to do, how do I know it? Because it brings him glory. Amen. I can worship him in this. And so he said, and then we will come back. Amen. This is this is faith speaking. I'm going to take my son. God's going to raise him up, and we'll be back. So he took the wood for the burnt offering, that sweet-smelling aroma unto God, and he took his son. He took the knife. He took the fire. He took everything needed to make happen what God told him to happen. And so, you know, because he had modeled sacrifice before his family. Isaac said, I see the wood. I see the fire. He said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? This lets you know that he had showed him in his home how to offer sacrifices unto God. So then Abraham said, he's speaking faith. He said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. And this is something God has spoken to me some time ago, and I always say, if you ever hear me say things, that God is the one that chooses the sacrifice. So he's saying here God will provide for himself, amen, a burnt offering. We can't tell God, we can't say to God how to approach him. We can't tell God how to move, amen. He orchestrates that, amen, by his own exact counsel. So they went to the place which God had told him. He didn't just give him a blank assignment. Some people say, God, he give you a blank check. Now, God gives you instruction. He gives you specific instructions, amen. And so they went there. He, he did all the things necessary um, to offer Isaac as a sacrifice. He began to stretch out the, his hand with the knife, but the angel of the Lord, we know it's Jesus, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, what did Abraham do? He answered, he said, here am I. When he calls our name, amen, he wants us to answer, amen. Calling us, he wants us to answer. And then because God gives instructions as we continue to move on the path that he has for us, he gave him another instruction. What if Abraham didn't listen? What if Abraham just went ahead and, and, and slayed his son? Which we know, looking forward, we know that you can't sacrifice a child or human as a sacrifice, that they're not for a burnt offering. But Abraham was following God. Amen. He said, my sheep know my voice. And that's what Abraham was doing. But as Abraham continued on his journey of obedience, he continued to have an open heart to listen to God. And that's what God is saying this morning. As we're traveling on the road of obedience, the road of sacrifice, the road of endurance, the road of perseverance, you're not here on your own. The scripture tells us he's a very present help, amen, not just in the time of trouble, but also as we're journeying in him. He's a very present help. So listen, listen, listen. That's the heart of God for us to listen. And we're to be so connected to his heart, he should just whisper a command to us. And we obey. Why? Because we know his voice. We know his character. We know his ways. 
that sounds like God. My job is to respond and say yes. And so as he continued to follow instruction, the angel of the Lord said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For I know, for now I know that you fear God. That's the whole point of obedience is reverence to God. That's the whole point of obedience is saying I'm humbling myself before God, amen, that he would exalt me in due time, that the word would be exalted over my circumstance over in due time, amen, that the word will prevail, that the word will become a reality in whatever I'm dealing with, whatever God is showing me, the outcome will be the word works, the word wins, and it brings glory to God. So he said that you fear me, that you reverence me, means that when I give you a command, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if you're a pilgrim on this scene. I don't care if you haven't heard anybody else say, God, do that. When I give you a command, I need a response from you that says yes. I need a response from you that says that you reverence me, you fear me, not in a scared way that I'm going to come and and knock you over the head or da-da-da-da-da. No, but that you say, God, I hear you. And you know what? I trust you in this moment, so I'm going to obey. I don't even know what the outcome looks like, but I trust you, God. And so he said, now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And sometimes God would tell us, like he wouldn't tell us to give up something that's no value. He wouldn't tell us to give up something that maybe we're not emotionally attached to. He wants something that's of value. Why? Because he wants to be number one. He wants to have the president, the president in your life. He wants to be the one that He really sits on the throne of your heart. And how does that happen? Through sacrifice, through obedience, through trusting. And you know what happens? Layers after layers come off. Come on. Layers after layers come off. As we journey with Abraham, starting with Genesis 12, we see different encounters, experiences with him and God and how God rescued him. When he even lied and said that, 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 that his wife was his sister which, in fact, she was his sister, but the, the primary thing was that she was his wife. And he didn't want the uh, king and his men, he didn't want to suffer at their hands. So he lied, amen, put his wife in a bad situation. But here comes God, amen, and he says, no, don't touch it. Don't lay a hand on her, right? Even in our weaknesses, even in the weaknesses of our flesh, as we go on from here, we are as Even before we get here, we see how he succumbed to his wife. He didn't listen to God, and he said, okay, I'll take Hagar, and then they had Ishmael. But even God in his mercy blessed Ishmael, made him a great nation. uh, Hagar had experiences with him. She said, now the God that sees me, I see him. That's so profound to me. Like, I know God sees me, but do I see him? Do I recognize his ways? Do I recognize his hand? Do I recognize his heart, amen, in the area of provision or whatever it is I need? She said, the God that sees me, I see him, amen? And that's what we always want to do. We want to know and recognize God in our everyday lives, amen? 
So Abraham, he told him to look. He even told him where the provision was. I mean, like Jesus told the disciples, go look in the fish mouth and bring the corns to sacrifice the fish. I mean, God is so awesome, right? So he told them, look. Still giving direction, right? We're not on our own, amen. We've been brought with such a precious price. We're God's children, amen. So he told them to look. And as he looked, he saw the ram that was caught in the bush. Don't tell me God don't have provision for your situation. Don't tell me there's not provision for the vision that God is giving you. So he looked. There was the ram, and he sacrificed the ram. So the end result is he, he said we were going to go and worship, <laughs> and we would come back, and that's exactly what happened. How did he know to say that? Trusting the character of God. And so that's why he called the place Jehovah-Jireh, saying that God will provide. And that's our testimony, is that God did provide, he has provided, and he will provide. Amen. So, as I say, God is not looking for us to be perfect. He's not looking for perfection. We have the perfect one in Christ Jesus, who is our high priest forevermore, right? So, God is, but he is looking for obedience. He said to humble ourselves before him. Come on, First Peter 5. Humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God. He'll exalt us. He'll lift us up. Amen. And the scripture says that when we humble ourselves, what happens? Grace comes in. And you cannot finish an assignment. You cannot do an assignment without grace. You can't complete an assignment without grace. Yes, it's unmerited favor, but it's also divine empowerment. It's a divine enablement. Amen. When you operate in the calling that God has called you to. So find your place in this race. Yes, I look at other people. Oh, God bless them. I admire them. I celebrate them. But if that's not what God called me to do, that I'm not trying to get in that position. Oh, that looks good. That looks, mm-mm. but is that what you're assigned to? Get in the place where you're assigned to. And God, he's not going to leave you without knowledge. You, he said, ask and it'll be given. You seek, you'll find. You're not, the door will be open, Matthew 7. Because we seek the heart of God. God, what specifically am I called to do? God will move you into that arena. And then he'll bring people alongside you to help you in that calling. Again, you got You have to listen. you got to hear. But as you step into that calling, then grace comes in. Come on. That anointing, that empowerment that's necessary to complete that assignment. And that's through the office of Christ. Amen. That's not of your own doing. He might say that you have a gift of healing, but you can only operate in it as the Holy Spirit wills, amen, as the Holy Spirit moves on you to operate into that particular function. Whatever that is, it could be as as a mom, as a teacher, as a banker, whatever that assignment is, you're going to need God's grace to accomplish it because it's got to be done just like he wants it to be done, and the grace will only flow through obedience. It will only flow as you humble yourself. As you humble yourself, he said he gives grace to the humble. Come on, he gives grace to the humble. That's why we're always repenting. We're always acknowledging. God, you know what? Okay, 
I thought that was the way. You know what? I misstepped right there. Or I misspoke or whatever it is. You're in constant communion with the Holy Spirit because you know when you grieve him, don't go past that. Stop. The Holy Ghost, mm, something's not right. I just missed it right there. What's going on? What's going on? And he'll say, this triggered that. Or when you spoke that, that didn't glorify me. It didn't honor me in the eyes of the people, whatever it is. That's a result of something that's in your heart that I told you I need you to put on the altar. Whatever that is, you stop, you get that right, amen, and then you continue to move forward. The scripture says he gives grace to the humble. That, that grace is that unlimited resources. That grace is that when I, when I act in this particular way, when God brings forth healing, there's more to come. Amen. There's more available. This is not the end of the be all. There's much more. There's much more that God wants to tap in us to tap into. Amen. Because it shows how big he is and how awesome he is and how vast is his ways. Amen. And as we tap into it, then we experience God at levels that just truly blows our mind. And that's what God wants. In Ephesians 3, he talks about the riches of Christ, Christ dwelling in our heart through faith. And he says that we'll be able to experience it all the things. Come on, the breath, the length, the height, the depth of his love. Ooh, come on, waves and waves of his love God wants us to experience. He doesn't want us to be depleted. He doesn't want us to go around poor mouth and, and begging, but he wants us to be children that know that God will provide. He wants us to be children that, that step out on a limb and pray big prayers, because why? Our God can do it. Amen? And as we experience God, it releases what we speak. Paul said in Corinthians 4.13, he said, I believe it. He said, therefore, I spoke it. I spoke what I believe. Faith is thanksgiving. Amen. You believe God, you're going to speak it. You believe God before the promise comes, you're going to say what God is saying. The scriptures tells us, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Come on, who's redeemed us from the hand of destruction, from the hand of the enemy. We say we're blessed. We say we're highly favored. We say we're the head and not the tail. He just doesn't want us to say that, but he wants the reality of all that Christ did to be in our lives. He wants us to hold in our hand the promises of God, not when we get to heaven, but now, 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 faith is, amen. Now the promises of God should be enacted in our life, but it's through obedience. When I grew up in church, it was all about works, 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 works. And then, you know, I come to to understand the love of God, amen, and that's going to be a, a journey forever, right, understanding and, and experiencing the love of God. But then I begin to learn about grace. So I'm like, so all of these works are not in effect because of grace, because the Bible says if it's a works, it's death, but it's not grace. But then I understand now there's a balance to that. It's not automatic, amen. There's some things that are conditional. Like you wouldn't give your 16-year-old a Lamborghini, amen. You might give them a clunker. 
and then they elevate to another. You know, I don't mean a clunker that won't drive, but I'm just saying you're not going to give them the finest car, right? You're going to start them out because you have to be a good steward. And God, and we want to be able to steward the gifts that God has placed in our life. But it's only through Christ can we steward that. It's only through the Holy Spirit can those be stewarded in our life. Just like he chose Abraham, he has chosen each and every one of us. He has given us assignments to go on this journey, amen, but only through him, tapping in through him, sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, can you access the grace. This, uh, Romans 5 and 1 or 5 and 2 said, by faith we access the grace into which we stand. Amen. It's by faith. And faith comes from me trusting, knowing, believing God and, and acting on his promises and acting on what God has said and speaking it before it comes to pass because I believe in the love of God. So I'm going to say what he says. If a situation is not looking like God, I'm going to say what God says. Amen. And sometimes if I get weak in those things, then somebody will come alongside me. They'll stir up the faith of God within me. They'll begin to share testimonies. They'll say, what's on your heart? Come on, let's pray about that. And then you see those things come to pass. I was speaking with Apostle Joanne one day, and she said, you know, what's on your heart? Or let me pray for you. And I told about my grandson. He just was just doing everything opposite of what he should have been doing. And she prayed. She believed God. She stood. And it stirred my faith up because, honestly, I was weak in that area, right? It stirred up my faith. And then the things that she spoke, and then he's doing, amen. So you sometimes we're interdependent. That's why you own this line, because iron strengthens iron, sharpens iron. That's, that's the faith of somebody else will stir up your faith. We're spirit beings. It'll stir up your faith. It'll encourage you to take another step. it encourage you to say what God is saying. Amen. So we need each other. It's a purpose. It's an intention that God has five o'clock prayer. Amen. That five is the number of grace. Amen. So we want to be intentional about following the heart of God. And as we step into the assignment that God has given each and every one of us, grace flows. Amen. And it flows in such an abundant way. It blows our mind. It not only touches those that we're ministering to or our families or whomever. Amen. But it touches us as well as well. And ultimately, come on, it blesses the heart of God. It's all about giving glory and honor to God. And so I am going to stop there and turn it back to the hands of the uh, host. God bless you.